Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 175 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is reading for loved ones. And my special guest is none other than Melissa Sinova. Hello, Mm. Melissa. Hello, T. It's so good to see your face. Yes, for people who are listening to this, we're actually doing this over Zoom so we can see each other. But you don't get to see, <laughs> don't get to see how glamorous we look today. We're, we're wearing tiaras and ball gowns and all of that. because. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, this is a great topic that I wanted to approach with you because I know that you do read for the people you love the most. You and I both do. And I think sometimes people really wonder, you know, about reading for people that you're close to. So I know you read for your friends and family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and what, in your opinion, what are some of the benefits about getting a reading from someone who knows you well? I think one of my favorite parts is laying down a card and then looking at the person going, girl, because you already have that underlying relationship. And because you know them, you can say, Seven of Swords, listen, I know you're cheating. (laughs) You know you're cheating. And everybody else is going to know in a minute. So there's a kind of shorthand when you have a relationship with somebody. And the cards are a really good tool for that. Um, And I also like how when I read for like my friend, Sarah Kate, who's one of my dearest friends, I know her life inside and out. She knows my life inside and out. But I can also look to the cards for an insight that doesn't come from me. And that gives it more weight. So maybe I think, go, 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 whatever you're doing is fantastic. But maybe the cards think it's a terrible idea. So that gives us kind of a third perspective on our two-person relationship. And because it comes from the card, she's not getting mad at me about it, you know? This is just something I'm like, well, what if this happens? And we both go, oh, shit. And then try to figure that out, you know? So it's, it's a good way because sometimes when it's just you and you're talking back and forth about problems or, or questions, um, sometimes you start getting in a rut and you just start talking about things you talked about last Tuesday and the cards will introduce a, a different layer to that so that your conversations can have um, more dimensions, you know, and they give you that oh-so-tarot opinion that maybe doesn't line up with what you think. So here's something that I hear once in a while from people. Well, you already know what's going on in my life. So I think there's some people that assume if they go to a reader who knows what's going on in their life, that somehow it's quote unquote cheating. Like there's nothing psychic about this now. What are your thoughts about that? I think that's silly because the thing is, I get more surprised doing readings for my friends and family than I do for clients that I've never met. I get more surprised. Like I did one for my dad and I kept getting like art and creativity. My dad's a cop. Like, and he's, you know, like grew up in the country and I'm like art and creativity. And he's teaching, I was like, what is this? And he's teaching my, um, my nephew how to read my great nephew. And so he's surrounded by these bright, colorful books. And all I could see is this art and creativity. I'm like, you're doing a really amazing thing, but he didn't see it like that. So having you know, the three of pentacles come up next to the 10 of cups for him. I was like, you're creating something beautiful. Really dad? You know, that's not a garden. 
And he was, he was creating this love of books that my nephew still has. So it was a really wonderful insight into somebody that I know, I know him, but the cards knew him a little better just then, you know, it was wonderful. Do you know, I read for my daughter uh, often and my daughter has gone to other readers and she always ends up coming back to me. And she's like, look, you know, because we can cut through the chase. Yep. Nobody knows her better than I am. And I know all of her, the things that scare her. I know what triggers her. And I think this is something when you read for someone a long time too, Mm -hmm. you know exactly how to work with them because you know their personality, you know what's going on, you can get right to the heart of the matter. And they also know how you work. So you don't have to explain, well, this is how I do things. And I'm very matter of fact, and I might swear, you know, and I think (laughs) think that creates a level of intimacy too, that you don't get when you're just going to a stranger and and saying, I don't want to tell you anything. I think it Mm -hmm. really opens you up to a lot of depth in the reading and accuracy. Yeah, for sure. And to that, I think, there can be times like I don't read for my husband because he won't let me. Um, but the, like the two times I have, it became kind of a non reading because he, he needs to have secrets and intimacy with, you know, other folks in other situations like that. I'm not a part of, we're not joined at the hip, you know, but he gets wonderful readings from my best friend and I never find out about them. Um, but there, I think that there can be some relationships where it just doesn't work, you know? So I love him, but I don't need to know every single thing about him. And also I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm a little bit of an asshole. And I'd start going, see, I told you, you should start cleaning up the garage. That's what this card means. (laughs) And, um, I don't want to cross that boundary. I want him to be able to have autonomy in our relationship. And if I read for him, he's not going to have that. You know, so I think that shorthand is really, really effective. But I think you kind of have to be careful about who you read for, you know. And what are some of the other hardest parts about reading? I mean, (coughs) these are good points. But what are, in your opinion, some of the other hardest parts about reading for for a loved one? When I was younger, the hardest part was being honest, like 100% honest, because I love this person. I want them to be okay. So I would find that I was like, well, the tower can mean that this isn't going to work out, but in your case, maybe because I wanted them to succeed. Now that I'm older, I find if I have a complicated relationship with that person in life, I do not read for them. I I set that boundary immediately because my complicated feelings, and this can be either good or bad. Mm -hmm. I have a complicated relationship with my husband because it's very nuanced. He's my best friend and I love him. And because it is so complicated, I don't need to be there. I don't need to mess around in that space. But with other folks, I don't read for them because maybe I don't like them all the time. Or maybe, you know, they don't have boundaries and they overstep. Or maybe I read for them one time and then they texted me 200 times with follow-up questions. And they showed me that they can't keep the, the reading where it belongs in that one little spot. And it's very easy if a tarot reader is not confident about their boundaries for people that they love to overstep the boundaries. And I had one person in particular who was texting me for like three weeks after I read for them. And I'm like, never again, I will never read for this person again, not because I love them and not because they're related to me, but because my God, you know, I can't be your beck and call girl. I can't be 100% available for you all the time. When the reading is done, it's done. And if the person doesn't get that, we can't do it anymore. It's yeah. just too hard. It gets too messy. I think another thing too that could be problematic 
if you're very emotionally attached to the outcome or the situation the person's asking about, that can be problematic too. And I find that if I'm ever feeling that, I'm like, listen, you need to go somewhere else with this issue because I've got, I'm feeling some type of way and I can't be objective. Mm-hmm. And if yep. I know, if I know, and you always know there's certain things you can't be objective on. Like it's when complicated. My, yeah. My daughter was dating a guy that I didn't like a while back and I didn't want to read on it. I did not want to read on this situation because I knew I had an attitude about it mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to be able to give her a fair reading then. Uh, you know, so I, I knew that time, leave it alone. And I mm-hmm. did, you know. Yeah. And I think it's really, I, I, I always look at myself as two kind of readers. There's the, the reader from that was like 13 until I was maybe 30 who was doing all sorts of things and not really having my own boundaries. Right. Yeah. And then from 30 to 45, we have this different reader who knows who she is when she enters the reading, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't have that when I was younger. And if I could tell little me, it would be, you know, don't compromise um, what you feel. You know, if you're feeling, I can't read for you right now because I really want you guys to break up and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure this reading points that way. I would have known to back away. And now that I do, I have friends who will ask me for a reading and I immediately refer them to someone else because I am completely like spun up in their life. And there is no way I can keep myself out of the reading enough to do them justice. And it's less about, I don't want to do a bad reading. It's less about, I don't think I can help you. And more about ethically, I don't need to be right here. Same thing with my reading for Joe. I love him so much and I'm so invested in him that there is zero chance that I can not involve myself in his reading. And that's not fair to my client or my husband, you know? So I think it's maturity that showed me the boundary and where it should be and that it needed to exist. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, a couple tips, if we had to like narrow it down for people who are new readers, let's say you're a new reader Mm -hmm. and you've got friends and family and they are lining up, they want readings. What would be some of the tips you would give them uh, about reading for your friends and family? Um, if I'm just learning, I would tell folks, I, and this is something I always tell my students, keep it light, you know, when you're first learning, if you can keep it light. So maybe I don't read for my friend about the decades long drama she has going on with her mother. Maybe I read for her about things that she can solve right now. And that gives me the practice of the reading. And it also gives them some um, closure in some areas that are less weighting than the big thing that they have, but will make their life easier. Um, So I would keep it as uncomplicated as possible. And I would also put a limit on how many times I would read for that person about that thing, because that was a a trap I got into when I was a kid where is, is, you know, am I going to lose my job? And I do a reading. No. Am I going to lose my job? No. Am I? And after the 72nd time, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It's exhausting. Maybe if you're afraid of losing your job, you shouldn't be such a dick at work, right? But um, it that repetitiveness doesn't do anything. It's 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 a waste of time. And I think that in my pursuit to give them the answer they wanted, I maybe spent too much time trying to find that answer for them. And sometimes stuff just doesn't work out. So you have to detach yourself from the result. It's not about you. Yeah, tarot readings are never about the reader ever. And if it starts to become about the reader, we have a problem. Oh my God. Yes. We could do a whole discussion on projection 
and I might have to invite you back. Oh that. no! Oh, I'd have to talk to my sweet yeah. Teresa again. Oh, what a terrible. bummer! Oh my god, I'm this would be so devastated. <laughs> yeah, and we'd be wearing our tiaras again. Exactly. <laughs> so here's something exactly. I also want to ask. I want to turn this whole thing around. Okay, let's say I am your best friend, which you know I am. Oh, absolutely. Uh, or I'm a loved one, and I want to get a reading from you. So what would be your advice for a friend or family member who decides they want to hit up a professional tarot reader who's a friend or loved one and get a reading from them? What would be your advice to them? I have three things. First, our relationship cannot be complicated. That's the first thing. And you and I are tight, so that's not a problem. Secondly, I would ask for an exchange that equals what my reading is. So um, I have a friend named Becky who I adore and she does business. Um, she works in business and trying to, you know, like internet and promotion and things like that. Pub- publicity. So Becky gives me her publicity time for an hour a month and I give her a reading. And to me, that is absolutely equal. Um, if my friend maybe can't afford it, maybe they buy me lunch. Maybe they take me out for coffee. But there has to be some kind of exchange for my time. And the third thing is I will tell the person do you want me to be as honest as I am with my other clients? Do you want me to tell you all of it? So I had one friend who wanted to know when her father was going to die. Mm-hmm. And I get that because it's scary. And it's, it's, if they're struggling, it's really good to have an end time. And I said, sweetheart, do you want to carry that information around with you? And she started crying. And I said, okay, so you don't. So I will tell you the truth, but not right now. When you're ready, call me back. And she did. She called a couple of months later and she was ready. And it, it, you know, lined up the way it was supposed to. But the thing is, is that when a friend comes to a professional tarot reader, they're getting a professional tarot reading. And what that means is sometimes I can't sugarcoat things. I can't be your friend in the middle of the reading. I have to tell you the hard stuff. And I have to be, this is why I have number one, make sure it's not a complicated relationship because I have to know that I'll still have my friend at the end of that truth or else it's not worth it. It's not worth my time. And I can't, I can't read for somebody without reminding them who I am and what I do, even if they've known me for 20 years, even if I went to grade school with them, you know that I'm going to be honest with you. Are you ready? And, and sometimes they're not. And I honor that. And I'm like, okay, honey, it's totally okay. Talk to me later. Call me when you're ready. You know? That is, yeah, that is beautiful advice. <laughs> I love the idea. If the relationship is complicated, no. Uh, B, equal exchange of energy, because we certainly don't want to become tarot automatons. Mm-hmm. And I think your last point also is so, so well taken. And this is great advice for anybody who's thinking about hitting up a loved one for a tarot reading. I may be mm-hmm. hitting you up for one. Oh, you got my number, sis. <laughs> yes, and you always <laughs> deliver. You always deliver. Oh. So, my dear, if people want to get a tarot reading from you, where can they find you? And I want to hear about, you've got some new things coming up too, so you want to just yeah. mention all this? I'm at <clears throat> I'm Melissa Sinova on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's C-Y-N-O-V-A, like C-Y-N-O-V-A. Um, and, uh, I've got this deck. This is the first deck I've had a hand in making. Maggie Stiefvater did all of the artwork that's based on her book, the Scorpio Sea, or I'm sorry, the Scorpio races. The deck is called the Scorpio Sea. It's absolutely beautiful. It's basically a snapshot 
of what life is like on the island in which she wrote her book. Um, and it's beautiful. Um, and I have to tell you about, because Llewellyn um, has a fuck limit for me. I'm only allowed three per book. And the first one is in the tower. And the first line of that description is, well, these guys are fucked. So I'm super excited about that because it's got a lot of personality and it matches the cards really well. And then my other book is my first non-tarot book, which is called Kitchen Table Magic. And it basically goes along the same lines as Kitchen Table Tarot. Anyone can do tarot. Anyone can do magic. It's all within you. And I basically tell you how to reach inside and pull it out and allow yourself to be as powerful as you have the potential to be. I'm really excited about that too. Well, I am too, because I did get a sneak peek at the book. It is amazing. <laughs> and I love how it's, it's all, your writing is always in your very frank, so Sagittarius way of delivering things, which I appreciate. There is no mumbo jumbo. You get right to the point. And I think for people who are new to magic or old to magic like me, we really appreciate that straightforward approach. The information in there really is gold. And I've also seen some sneak previews of that deck and you know, my hands are itching to get on it. So I'm excited. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. It's going to be a good fall. Yeah, it will. All right, people. So don't forget to check out Melissa's world to read her great books, including kitchen table, tarot, tarot elements, the new kitchen table magic and that exciting new deck. Uh, there's always a lot going on over at Melissa's World, and her blogs are always so, so, so worth reading. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can also check out a lot of tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons. I've got lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, so many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're digging this podcast, do me a solid. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You're in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.